Welcome to Pushing Through. I'm Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we got NBA basketball in our face. We got Dame Lillard and the Blazers undefeated. We got Giannis Antetokounmpo making history three games into the season. We got a lot of conversations, but I wanted to start in Philadelphia uh, because you seem very excited to talk about this situation. The city of brotherly love. Midas, Midas, don't run from this. I want to see your face when this kind of conversation is celebrating the fact that the Phillies won the pennant and they're in the World Series. Congratulations. Congrats. Undefeated in the NFL. But unfortunately, the one team that everyone seems to talk about right now in Philadelphia is the 76ers and what's going on there. So, BJ, we'll start there. What's going on in Philadelphia? Where do we start? So, I'm going to say this. I'm going out on a limb right now. I have Doc Rivers. As my coach of the year. So, Midas, you can get back on the camera. Come on, Midas. <laughs> Doc Rivers is my preseason coach of the year. I'm still picking Philly. And, you know, this team right now has very, very high expectations. That's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And now I think most of us will agree that this is probably the most talented team on paper in the Eastern Conference for sure. They may not be the deepest team, right? You know, that may belong to the Clippers or Golden State out in the West. But in the East, this is a very good team. James Harden looks looks, good. looks much better. He's blowing by people. It looks kind of like the James Harden of old, mm-hmm. you know, in the first three or four games. And now we all come to expect this team to win, to win every game. Now, that's a good thing when you win. It's a bad thing when you lose because now everybody wants to know what's wrong. However, this team, talking about the Sixers, are going to have to find their rhythm. They're going to have to find how they need to play with this group and incorporate everyone because they have some weapons, ladies and gentlemen. They have James Harden, as we know. Joel Embiid is a top five player now, MVP caliber player in the NBA. This young kid, Tyrese Maxey, all-star all star in waiting, okay? We know P.J. Tucker is an all-defensive caliber player. Tobias Harris is a very, very good player. One of those players that you say at any given year and years prior, he's hovering around all-star, you know, being named all-star himself. Then you have Montrez Harrell. So they have a very, very good team. However, when you watch this team, the thing that stands out is, you know, are they trying to play fast? Are they trying to play slow? Who's the number one option? Who's the number two option? What's the combinations they need to play with? That, to me, looks in total disarray. Because if there's anything that I can, you know, be critical about them is, I think they play entirely too slow. And that's probably they're all trying to figure out how to incorporate, you know, Joel Embiid into the game. But also you got to play at a certain pace of the game. And they haven't found that sweet spot for this team. So I'm not going to push the panic button. Midas, I think you're in good shape. People in Philly, give it a little time. Let's give it about 20, 25 games. As you know, you guys heard me say for years now. And then we'll figure it out. But I like the team. I like what they're doing. You know, a couple early losses, you know, Boston's pretty good, by the way. Milwaukee, you know, I was gonna Giannis say, is, I, I think that really hurt him was the schedule. They open against the Celtics. They lose the Celtics. Then they play Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. 
right. uh, in Milwaukee's first game. So Milwaukee comes. But in. San Antonio was unacceptable. Okay, yeah, I want to say that. that but I want to say that too. You know what? Let's make sure we get that. San Antonio was like, okay, what's going on here? But we That's saw what San Antonio did to the Timberwolves as well, right? So that you know they're not backing down from anybody. But it goes to show that you know maybe your mindset isn't quite there going into that game. Unfortunately, yeah, you know it's 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 this is the NBA. Okay, this is the NBA and anything can happen. Just ask the Clippers last night about going up going up against OKC. Mm-hmm. This is the NBA. Yep. Anything can happen and you have to play and you have to play and you have to respect the game. So maybe Philly is just getting there. Okay? They you know, they're just getting there. However, I think when it's all said and done, I think this team will be fine. I think Doc Rivers will get them playing a winning brand of basketball, but you know, it's going to give, you got to give them a little space to figure out how they supposed to play with this group of guys. Yeah. And I was excited, honestly, when I saw them play the Bucks. I, I wasn't excited when Joel went to the bench and it seemed like they found a little bit of a rhythm, but I think that goes back to what you talked about with them finding a pace. They found right. a pace when Joel was on the bench against Milwaukee. I liked PJ Tucker matching up with Giannis. I, I think when you look ahead and you forecast for the playoffs, I think that's a good matchup. I really do. And I think if Joel Embiid can help, you know, kind of, you know, sh- shoulder some of that brunt of uh, Giannis as much as he can in the playoffs, that will be something that's encouraging. But these are all growing pains. And I think, like you said, the expectations are so high. Joel Embiid is not necessarily in 100% game shape at the moment. He at least admitted that. So yeah, I, I think we're moving in the right direction for Philadelphia. They just have to be patient, right? And I, and I think that that's the funniest part of the early NBA season is the overreactions, right? I mean, people are now – I saw Stephen A. But Smith it's so yesterday. much fun to overreact. Isn't I, it so much fun, though? It, it is fun. But I watched Stephen A. Smith yesterday. He, he said that, you know, at the start of the year, the Warriors are going to repeat. And then now we're four games into the season, I believe. Yeah, four games right. into the season. And he said the, the Trailblazers are going to win the West. <laughs> You know, I've, I've been watching the Warriors. I've been watching the Warriors. Yeah, what do you think about the Warriors? The defending champs are two and two right now. Yeah, I, I've been watching the Warriors. Awesome and Phoenix last night. A, a lot of uh, conversations happening. A lot of technical fouls. Now seven. Like the, seven the, yes, the the the. You know what? That that was a game last night. We're referring to the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. That was great. I love the competitive spirit of the game. Right. It, it, it was great. I, it, it actually made me stop doing what I was doing. I just sit there and I just watch the game because it was a very competitive game for this early in the season. We're still in October. I mean, Kevin they, Harlan was calling the game like it was a playoff game. Hey, you know what? It was very competitive. And, and, I, and I love that. I love it when guys compete, you know, and it like the winning and losing is like, OK, that's great. Obviously, you want to be on the winning side of it. But when you compete and, you know, guys are out there competing and it's been a long time since I can say this. I felt it was a very respectful, competitive nature of the way they play. Absolutely. Like, you're supposed to talk trash. If Tate and I are playing in the backyard, you know, I don't expect Tate to be saying, excuse me, BJ, do you mind if I score on you right now? <laughs> I don't expect him to say that. Not a day. I expect, yeah. yeah. I expect what I saw with uh, Clay and Booker. Devin Booker and Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. That to me was respectful trash talking. That's they respected the game. I think they respected one another. And if I remember correctly, 
most of us thought that Devin Booker was going to be some version of Klay Thompson when he first came in the league. And I think De- Devin Booker even said that. That's who Devin Booker, when he was asked that, I remember when he was going out for the draft, they asked him who he looked up to in the league, and he said Klay Thompson. So when you have to play against a player that you admire and you have to compete, there's a, there is a different emotion to that. And both of these teams are, you know, Phoenix is still probably upset, as they should be, about what happened to them last year. Mm-hmm. They want to be where the Golden State Warriors, you know, they, they want to be where the Golden State Warriors are at. Now, in saying all of that, and we know what happened, well, let's not go back and revisit what happened between Jordan Poole and Draymond and all of that. Let's not revisit that. We know what, you know, that is as what much it is. as it is what it is, right? And we, we again... You know, we don't we don't condone that type of behavior here. However, repeat to repeat is very, very difficult. And the thing that makes this more difficult with the Warriors is we're expecting non-experienced players to carry the load to get back to win this thing. Yeah, they're going to need us to the playoffs and then we'll take over from there. And I think in looking at this, that to me is what stood out more than anything, because I know Clay, Draymond and Steph understand. Mm -hmm. Okay, Clay brought the I was happy to see Clay back at that point. Why? It's been a difficult role for him individually coming back from all those injuries. And the fact that he still has that level of fight in him in October, I was like, okay, I don't need to watch who wins or loses this game. Clay still has it. Yeah. And the Warriors are ready. The, the, the Warriors, Warriors are ready. The Warriors are ready. In. They're locked in. That's how I feel. what I did learn from watching this game was their young guys don't realize that they are in a fight right now. <laughs> okay. They're, they're, they're like, young guys are like, they're trying to get their numbers in their spot minutes. Like Moses Moody looked great last night, but like you said, it feels like they're almost like on autopilot a little bit. Well, they just don't realize that they're in a fight. Yeah. They, they they're playing hard, mm-hmm. but you're playing as the defending champions. And I don't think Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman. Wiseman them realize that just yet, nor should they. Mm-hmm. And that is to me probably the most difficult thing about coaching this team because they're going to need those guys to really grow up and grow up really fast in this league in year two or three or whatever those guys are in. And that to me is a very difficult and tall task for the Warriors and their organization. Those other three, I'm not worried about them. Clay let me know what I needed to know, what the what they're what those guys are talking about at the in the back of the plane. Those guys at the front of the plane, the young guys laughing and, and cutting up. Yeah. They're gonna they're okay. gonna figure it out soon. We we gotta get them caught up to speed because <laughs> repeating is hard. Mm-hmm. Because every night you go into the other team's arena, come watch the Golden State War, the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, and then you gotta play. So I looked at the sideline last night. You know, I see the the late great. I see the the great. I'm sorry, I said late great. The great Kevin Johnson was on the sideline. Mm-hmm. You're seeing people showing up to want to see the champs. Yeah. 
So these young guys are going to have to step up. Wiseman, it's unfair for me to ask you to be you. You got to step up, my my friend, and be a top twenty player now. Jordan Poole, I need you to not worry about Jordan Poole how many points you get. I need you to anchor my second unit. Yeah, I'm asking you to play now with something I've never asked you to do since you've been in the league is carry responsibility and accountability for yourself and a group. And he's not doing that yet. He can't play like the old Jordan Poole. Yeah. Now I'm asking you to carry my second unit and show and display leadership. It's kind of like like when Steph first got to the Warriors and Don Nelson was like, you're the point guard. You're gonna run the second unit. You're you're gonna you're gonna do this, this, and that. And then the the magic of Steph Curry had to get cultivated within those responsibilities, you know, and you saw him grow as a player. And I think that's what Jordan Poole was on the well, same. He, he's already got his money. Okay, yeah. so he, he can't go out there and play for that. Not last year where he played, he would do what he's doing. I was like, okay, young fella trying to get his. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. I, I respect that. You know what I mean? Like, get your money, young fella. Do you? Uh, okay, I respect that. Now you got your money. Now you got to be responsible to the to the success of the group. Yep. Okay. And you you're like a you're the perfect bridge between those young guys and the veterans because you have that respect of those veterans. You've been in big moments. Yeah, you got to shepherd these young guys along with you. Absolutely. So I think that is new to this group. It's going to be a it's going to be difficult for them. I still like their team. I like their depth. I like their depth too. I'm intrigued by what they could be. I however. In looking at it, I'm going, oh, that's 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 a lot to put on a young player. Because it's not just one young player. I mean, you have four or five of them that you need to, like, grow up. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I think the future is bright in Golden State. I love what they – I love what they've done with this team. However, when you talk about you are the defending world champions – that's a lot to put on a young person's plate. That's a lot. And I'm not sure they're ready for that. Yeah. Nor should they. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't. The young players shouldn't have to face this. You know what I mean? Now, it's, it's a great lesson for them, for them. But I think it's, you know, wow. That's all I can say is wow. Yeah, I mean, you're you're expecting a guy like Kaminga or Moses Moody, you know, to really or Wiseman, you know, to really step up. And like you said, now now we're asking Wiseman to be a top twenty big man in the league. This is a guy who has basically no game experience, no real game experience, right. and now we need him to be that guy. And luckily, you have Looney, um, who's been there and done it before. But if you could get someone with the talent of Wiseman and the talent of Kaminga and the talent of Moody to gain some of that experience, now we're scary. Yeah, and, that, it, that, and, that and it's only one way for them to get it. Tate, it's only one way for them to get it. They have to play. Yeah. And they I, have I, to play. And I think playing in a game last night, like you said, there were some moments where you're like Clay and Steph and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. These guys are having a different conversation than some of the young guys on the court. Right. But I think being in a game like that, maybe it does register a little bit. It hits you in the face a little bit. And I really liked what Booker said after the game when uh, Chris Haynes, our guy Chris Haynes, was asking him about Clay. He's like, I have nothing but respect for Clay, which goes back to we're competing at the highest level. We're, we're, we're going at each other. Like you said, Phoenix, we're upset. We were the best team in the West last year, and then we saw our title go to the team that we're trying to knock off. 
So we're going to let him know. And then we got this great moment in time. But now we all our cards are on the table. And when Phoenix plays the Warriors, it's going to be a show. And both these teams expect to win the title, which I think is great for the West and great for the NBA. And all in all, great for basketball. I mean, I enjoyed watching that game last night. Obviously, the air got taken out of the building once Clay got thrown out and the game changed a little bit. But at the end of the day, just getting that moment in a, a meaningless game in October, it kind of says, okay, we're, we got some real battles ahead of us. And uh, Golden State's going to have to hear it from these teams in the West. And, I, and I'm sure Denver, you know, felt the same way when they went and beat them. You know what I mean? All these top teams in the West, they know who right. the top dog is. And they're going to put them to the test. And they're going to see if they really can right. do it. Again. And they're going to make those old guys work. And they're going to make those young guys grow up real fast. And, 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 and that, to me, is the juggling act. And why Steve Kerr, Coach Steve Kerr, is such a brilliant coach. He knows that he can't push those guys too soon. Because he knows that those, he, he trusted those guys in the critical moments. They're going to give it to him. And not only give it to him, they're going to perform. And, and I'm not taking away from anything that what Phoenix did. Because Phoenix played terrific. They, did. they really they, they played I, well. I have been impressed with how Phoenix has started this season. The season, yes. They were they were very very impressive. They have been impressive. I mean, they could easily be undefeated if they if they would have won the game in Portland, which they could have won. Yep. They've had some really nice wins. They beat the Clippers. They 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 beat the, the Warriors now. Beat the Mavericks. They beat the Mavericks. So those are you know three really really impressive wins, quality wins. But the the thing that you know with this team talking about the Phoenix Suns is I didn't know what to think about them mm -hmm. at the start of this season. I mean, when I saw them lose, I think you and I might have talked, you know, on the phone when they lost to that team in Australia, I was like, oh, okay, it's over. They, yeah, these guys. The are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, not the 76ers minus the 36ers. Okay. Thanks. When I saw, when I saw them lose, I thought, okay, They've checked out. Or potentially they've checked out. Or it's over. Give, yeah, like like yeah, the run give, is over. Yeah. Yeah. But give them credit. They've played well. They've played outstanding basketball. And 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 Steve Kerr getting to the Warriors. Steve Kerr has a very difficult job this year because he knows he has to get, you know, multiple young players to contribute at a championship level. OK, as they say, there will be no wine before it's time. Well, Steve Kerr now has to speed this up. <laughs> He's got to get these guys playing at an extremely high level if they're going to even have a chance. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is probably the most difficult thing in coaching or in the NBA is getting inexperienced players to play at a level where they understand and play with the sense of urgency in critical moments. Mm -hmm. Very, very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's going to be a journey all season long. I did want to talk about one other team in the Western Conference. I, I want to talk about the Spurs. I don't know if you have uh, have seen much of the Spurs. <laughs> the new Spurs? The, the new Spurs. How about the Spurs? How about the Spurs and Utah and these teams are like playing lights out early in the season?
Yeah, it's great. And I think it's fun for the Western Conference and just in general with the Spurs. I mean, Jeremy Sohan, the rookie that they have, you know, he's looked great. Keldon Johnson, I'm a big fan of Keldon Johnson. I think he's right. developed his game out a little bit. I think playing with Team USA has obviously helped them. But I just think the one thing that I have liked about the Spurs is that they're not afraid of anybody. And I'm not saying that the Spurs are going to make the playoffs. I'm not even saying the Spurs are going to be a play-in team. But just at the start of the year, I do like how hard they play. And I like that they're not not—they're seemingly not afraid of anybody. I like Jakob Perto. I think They have some pieces there that are fun to watch. But in general... The Spurs should not be winning some of the games that they've won so far. Same with the Jazz. But right. they're playing good, fundamentally sound basketball. And it's fun to see uh, you know, teams compete like that. Which, I, For me, as a casual NBA fan, as I'm watching some of these games, I have been impressed by some of the bo- quote-unquote bottom feeders not 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 agreeing with that and playing like they want to win basketball games and in a world where we're all talking about tanking and Wimbanyama and all that sort of stuff it's great to see the Jazz and the Spurs actually compete man you, you know take don't get me too excited whenever you, I hear the name Wimbanyama I just get excited <laughs> okay okay you got I was a little distracted I was like I can get Victor I, I was like I can get Victor <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute well you know early in the season you know what I love most about the, the first week or two in the season is the optimism that's in the air. Everyone feels before the season they have a chance. After about 10 games, reality sets in. Okay? After about 10 games. After 25 games, the countdown begins to the teams that know they're not going to be good. Mm. Okay? Now, just to know this, And just to reiterate what we know about this league, at the beginning of the season, every coach loves to say he's going to play his players. He wants the depth. Everyone's been working hard in training camp. Everyone looks good. Yeah. Everyone looks good. Okay. There's no wins and losses on your record yet. (laughs) You know, everyone's coaching their system for the most part in the beginning because you know what? Hey, I just need you to do what? And the players are trying to run the plays, except the star players. But uh, the rest of us are trying to run the plays. Then all of a sudden you start losing <laughs> and you lose a few games. You lose against teams you probably shouldn't lose or at least projected to lose. And all of a sudden everyone starts shortening up the rotations. Yeah. Now we're now we're eight man rotation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, everyone's a 10-man minimum rotation right now. And then all of a sudden, you know. You got seven guys you can trust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tate, don't make me laugh. <laughs> and that's what you're going to start seeing. You know what? You're, you're, going to start, you're going to start seeing guys playing like 40 minutes, right? Probably in another week or two. They can't play them 40 minutes now because they know they're not in condition to play. Yeah. But trust me on this. Joel Embiid is going to start playing more minutes. Mm-hmm. As he gets in better shape. And so is, so is all the other great players in this league. Now, unless you're Giannis, you can score 44 points in 28 minutes. I mean, but that's another conversation. I'm saving him for last. Yeah, we're going to save him. But everyone right now is playing 10, 11, 12 guys. Everyone, every team, right? They're, you know, they have these massive substitutions. You know, you see two or three guys coming in. Give this about another week, Tate. Because we're going to start – the moment after we hear this headline, and let's let's mark this, who's on the hot seat? <laughs> Once the hot seat, this comes out, tighten. rotations tighten, 
the 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 scouting reports the, the, the get a little start playing as much. Yeah, the, <laughs> hey, 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 the scouting report is a little bit more detailed. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, now we're going to coach the percentages. Oh, this team can't shoot threes. Oh, we'll, we're we're playing zone against him. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, we, now we're going to start coaching to the matchups instead of. You know, right now you're seeing a lot of offense. Right now, everyone's moving the ball. Let's yeah, move the ball from side to side. Points in the first half. Hey, yeah. hey! In about another week, let's get the ball to our best player and get out of his way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, because you know that's going to come. That's how this happens. So, our measuring mark for all of this is about 25 games. Okay. We'll we'll wait for that. Well, once we hit 25, we'll kind of yeah, know we, is Laurie Markin a first in, team All NBA guy this year? Because yeah, right now but, he's playing like it. Well, right now he's playing without a scouting report. Without a scouting, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to expect from. I didn't know what to expect from Laurie Market. I mean, did you? I'm, I, happy, I didn't. I'm happy for him. I mean, I, yeah. He's playing like LeBron right now. He's like uh, he's like faking dribble handoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, guy's great. I'm, I'm gonna tell you who was great the other night. I'm gonna tell you who's a great. We got to get John Hammond. Okay. And Jeff Wiltman, these guys down from from Orlando. We got to get these guys on the show. Bowl Bowl. That's my guy. Bo Bowl is is <laughs> that's one, the, that's Victor that's Victor one point You know, okay. I watch Bo Bowl to try to use my imagination of what Victor could possibly be. Yeah, Bo Bowl was so much fun to watch play the other night in New York. I mean, the guy is just like you're watching him block shots, and you go, "There's no way humanly possible anyone can get there to block that shot," and he does it. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a guy that tall cross over someone who's probably a foot shorter than him. He's crossing over guys. He shot a runner the other night in the lane. And I was like, there's no way that anyone could ever block that shot. Yeah. No, like, the, the, the funniest part about Bo Bo is that it seems like his favorite players were like Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no. I love uh, Tate. I love watching Bo 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 play. I mean, he is so much fun for me because I, I all I kept saying was, "God, what is Victor really going to be?" If you watch Bo Bo, I mean, Bo Bo had a game. I mean, he had a career. I think he has a career night the yeah, other he, night in New yeah, York, and he only played like thirteen minutes or something like that. Yeah, he I was- just knock on wood that he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm. I, he he is without question. He's just like a, he's like, I'm going to sound like the young kids. I don't even know what this means, but it sounds like I should apply this term to him. He's a cheat code mm. if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Because I don't know how you match up with him. Like you can't put big guys on him. You can't put a, you can't put someone six, six or six, seven on him. Right. You can't box him out. I mean, he just, just go stand on the box. Cause he can get the ball. He plays in transition. And he can he, close out the three from the block. Oh my gosh! Like, That's the craziest part. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the guy blocked the guy. Poor little uh, Malcolm Brogdon. He blocked his shot like two or three times the other night. He just closed out space from such distance. But I hope he stays healthy because he is so much fun for me to watch. And you know what my dream is, Tate? I want to see ten seven footers on the floor at one time. Yeah, you, I think you, they play Cleveland. Heap of seven footers. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think they play Cleveland tonight or, or soon. I, you know, Jared, you know, was it Jared Allen and and Mobley, Mobley. and yep. Bobo and Mamba and I, I, I can't wait to just have all, just put them all on the floor. Victor, Giannis, KD, just put them all on the floor at one time. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I think it should happen. I will I will say I was watching that Knicks game the other night with a friend of mine, and I asked her which player on the court was. Oh, you asked who? Her? Well, one of my friends. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, which guy? <laughs> Did he say that? Did he say that, Mike? He just casually <laughs> said that. He said uh, and I asked her, okay, okay, okay. I, I, I was like, which one of these guys do you think is the number one pick? You know, because Paolo Bancaro is playing right. the game, right? And uh, Bull Bull is who she picked. She's like, that got to be that guy, right? He's got to be the number one pick. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, you would think when you see Bull Bull physically, he, he is so outstanding that you, you can't imagine. I, I just hope he stays healthy. Yeah, I just want to see if that body type can, can do play. It. Yeah, I, I really we, do. We're not going to see Chet this year, obviously, because of the foot injury. So, Bull Bull is our is our one test case for a Victor Wimbanyama, you know, to get Man, he, he, he He's, you know what? I got to I, I, I got to get shirts. I am a fan of Bull Bull. Bull Bull. I'm a Bull Bull guy. I'm a yeah. Manute Bull guy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm you a know fan what? of the Bull you know, Rest in peace, man. Manute was one of my favorite. He was one of my favorite characters. You're talking about someone who was funny. Yeah. The guy is just hilarious because you never knew what he was going to say. He and Muggsy Bogues, like that picture of them together and laughing together is one of the funniest pictures in the NBA. Yeah, he's, he's you know, rest in peace, man. Bo, I, I saw Bobo Bo make a three the other night and he banked it. And seriously, I had a flashback. Because that's what – I don't know how Manute would do that when he was – he played with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. He would shoot threes and he would bank them all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess he meant to do that. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. You know, you, you know, every now and then, you know, you'll do that. You know it's an accident. But he would do it more frequently than others. So I don't know if that was his thing like or – yeah. yeah, but I saw him make a three against the Knicks off the backboard. And, I, and it just reminded me – you know, he would do that. I don't know what, whatever that, whatever that thing he was up. doing. Yeah. And, and I it's just, man, what, what a, what a, man, he was, he was a, he was a great, great guy. Great, great, great and guy. And one of those basketball icons, you know, that everyone just kind of knows Manute Bull. So it's great to see his son, obviously, Bull Bull, yeah. uh, out there and getting a chance, right? Because of John Hammond. John Hammond loves wingspan. That's something we know about right. him, the guy who drafted Giannis. So it's great to see him give Bull Bull a chance. Um, speaking of Giannis, this, this is the one last thing I wanted to hit before we got it here because I refuse to talk about the Lakers, BJ. I don't want to talk about the Lakers. So the- Oh, we got to talk about the Lakers. Come on. We, we got to quickly, quickly hit the Lakers and then we'll talk about Giannis. We'll yeah, wait, wait, wait. What do you got? What do, we, what do you have? I'll let you talk about the Lakers. You get, you get, let's the not Lakers, avoid it. The Lakers are defeated. I mean, they're they're zero and three. They are shooting as a team twenty three percent from the three point line. Um, it is uh, running it back of what we saw last year. I feel bad for Darvin Ham, but they've also, if they shot at an average clip from three point line, maybe they win a couple of these games, right? So you could you could argue all about the semantics of it all, but just in general, L A seems to be a problem just like it was last year. Nothing has changed, right, BJ? You don't see anything different. Uh, uh, you know what? This is tough. This I've is never tough seen to a watch. team hit the side of the backboard as much as this team. I mean, uh, collectively, it's not one guy. I mean, it's multiple guys. Yeah, well, well, here's what I can say. Do I think this is the worst constructed team from shooting threes in the league? No. But the way they play today this is probably one of the worst constructed teams because three-point shooting is a part of the game. I mean, Steph Curry and the Warriors, they've changed how the game is played. So you have to shoot threes and you have to shoot them at a respectable clip. And the, right now, the Lakers can't, but they're getting them up. You know, I, I, as I told my, my wife the other night, I wish I could have played for the Lakers <laughs> because – 
they're getting up enough threes. <laughs> I think I can make one or two of those. I think I can make. <laughs> I think I can make one or two of those. But you know, it's tough to watch them. Is because we keep the narrative that this is a good team, and it's it's not a good team. Yeah, not close. It's not a good team, and. And I want to give the fans credit because I treat the fans with the utmost respect. I don't think the fans and the people who are saying these things, you know, you know, watch on television and, you know, a, a little bit, whatever, and social media, and a little bit that I do hear about social media. I still don't know how it works, but the little thing that I do from you guys, you guys are always nice enough to put up with me on social media. I don't think anyone believes that this is a good team. Matter of fact, I don't believe it. I know that these are these fans are very sophisticated because you, you get a chance to watch every game. You see it the same thing I see. Now, I know the numbers, guys are averaging 20, 25, 30 points a game. Well, we know when we see good basketball. We know when we see a good team. We know that it requires depth to win in this league for 48 minutes. We know that their best player is 30, what, seven, 38 years old? Yeah, turning 38. Yeah. Turning 38. What am I really expecting from him in an 82 games schedule? Like, just give me what you got, big fella. So we know these things. We know this team doesn't have depth. We know this team was put together in a makeshift way. We know they don't have money for free agency, draft picks. We know this, but we still keep saying, oh, well, the, this is a championship caliber team. Yeah, watch out for the Lakers. No. <laughs> you know, we, like, like, it's, it's almost like I think we're just saying this. It seems very nice, like you know, we're, we're just trying to be, you know, we're, we're like, oh, yeah, man. and 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 I, and so out of respect, I don't say anything because you know what, LeBron is getting. I can't ask more than what you give me. What you got, LeBron? If I was in year twenty and I'm able to give this type of effort, hey man, that's a that's a win. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, I've seen him take a couple of nasty falls. Maybe last year or a year before, he doesn't come back from that. But you know what? And I want to say this. The Lakers play hard. They played well enough and hard enough to win that they, last game against Portland. They are playing better defense, I will say. Okay. They're, the effort is there. Mm-hmm. You can't fault them for the effort. However, trying to convince the fans that are watching the game, who are not talking about the game, the fans who are watching the game, I haven't spoken to a fan yet who watches NBA basketball to tell me that, they think the Lakers are going to win championship. Now I, I I hear it from other sources, you know, sources say that the Lakers. What trade can they make to get them into the title? You know, you're just like, but if you watch the game and I'll be more than happy to watch the game with you. No, that's not a championship caliber team, but they play hard. Mm -hmm. They're playing the right way. They're sharing the basketball. They're giving effort. Which I, I'll give Coach Ham credit, and I'll give those guys credit. For, for, for you got to give them credit. Those guys are playing hard. Those guys are trying, man. And you know what? I've been in in those games. You know, when you play hard and you don't win, those games hurt. Like that last game, it kind of hurt because I was re- actually, you know, 
I, I always root for teams who play hard, no matter who you are. The Lakers played really hard. Now, Dame just made some incredible shots. I mean, incredible. Well, I mean, when you say Dame time, okay, that's a real thing now. Yeah. This guy makes incredible, difficult shots. Loves it. Lives that's what it. great players do. Great. At one point, LeBron James was doing that. He's done that for most of his career. However, I'm not expecting him to do that on the consistent basis that he wants. And it's could. not fair to expect him to do that. Yeah. But Dane just made some shots that you're going, I mean, contested shots. I mean, from three deep. Mm-hmm. And they lose, and you're like, yeah, they didn't really deserve to win that game. But Dane, that's what a great, that's why you have great players. Great players make great that's plays. And Dane did it. Yeah, yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, and there's the difference. We talked about it last year. Where there's a difference between putting up 30 and 10 and getting a win and putting up 30 and 10 and a loss. I mean, there's a lot of guys who can put up 30 and 10 and a loss. You know, it's, it looked like it, it, at one point, you know, there would be a point in the third quarter where you would say, okay, LeBron's going to take over this game. That's what Dane did. Dane came back into the game late and said, I'm going to win this game. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. That's that's what great players do. Yeah. And the Lakers right now, you know, they just can't do that. And that's not a knock against them. Dane Lillard was without question the best player, the most impactful player on the floor that night in last game. Yep. Okay. Hey, that's. And I think Dame's already in that conversation with MVP. Ja obviously has made a statement about being there. Man, yeah. Don't, let's not get sidetracked with Ja. Let's not get sidetracked with Ja. This guy, man, don't get me sidetracked. Okay, let's get to Giannis. We'll be talking all day. We'll, we'll, we'll be talking I, all day. I don't you even and think up. we need to spend too much time here. I just want to say the Bucks are 2-0. and uh, Chris Middleton is not playing. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is the fifth player in NBA history to have 44-plus points in 28 minutes or less. So, I mean, only five players have ever done that. We're two games into the season. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, convinced me from you know three years and running now that Giannis is the best player in the league. I am fully convinced, and I and feel like we're about better. to watch something special. Yeah, and I, he's getting better. And that, he's that three getting... point shot, he the shots in general. I mean, the free throws. He said he wanted to to lead the league in free throw percentage this season. You know, like he was joking, he was laughing as he said it. But you know, Giannis is he. You said he's always in the gym. I agree with that. That guy's always in the gym. It, 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 you know what? Uh, you know. I, I watch it's it's one game I watch and I and the next time it happens, I want to be with Midas because I always watch the Milwaukee versus Philly game and I always think of Midas. Because I always, you know, you know, I should get a band put on what would Midas think? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? WWMT, you know what I mean? Because Midas you should despise Giannis because Giannis is such a thorn in your side. The guy just plays incredible in Philadelphia. He's a thorn in their side. It doesn't matter who's with them, Middleton, or who's not with them. It doesn't matter who's on the floor. Giannis just plays great in Philadelphia. And then he started talking about the cheesesteaks the other night after the game. And I just, I, I, and I was like, what is Midas thinking? Does Midas get that joke or no? You know what I mean? Midas, can (laughs) you invite us over your house or you can come up to my house and we watch this game together? Because Giannis is the Philadelphia. It's like, 
Remember, remember Andrew Tony, you may be too young enough. You'd be a strangler. The Boston Strangler. Okay. Yeah, we well, can't we can't well, Giannis is the is the is the Philly Strangler. He, he's a, he's the he just he has a hold on the, the city of brotherly love. He he just comes and he shows up and he just gets these and it's always have drama behind it too, right? You know, it's just yeah. and um so I can think, we get together I, next time? I think time? he likes playing against Embiid. I, I think that he takes it a little personally. And I think that we we all deserve a, a time where James Harden and Joel Embiid are facing Giannis and Chris Middleton in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I think that we all deserve that. Hey, uh, and, 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 and just Giannis, the guy just, he, he's he's such a treat. I'm just happy that right now I can say I saw him. That's how I feel about Giannis. Like, you know what? He is that good. He he is really he's really that good, and it's just starting, right? I mean, like like you guys, twenty eight years old. Like we we got a lot more time. I mean, that's the thing with LeBron. I'm watching LeBron at thirty seven, going on thirty eight. I'm like, I don't know how many more times I'm gonna watch the guy. I'm pulling for him. I hope he plays well. Yada yada yada. I mean, we got eight to ten more years of Giannis. I mean, this is uh this is the scariest part about the guy. Hey, we got Giannis. And he doesn't even have his running mate right now. Let me let me tell you something. Can I just say something though? Can I just say something? Yeah. Victor's coming. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Victor's coming. Victor, Victor wants a piece. I, I'm saying it before. The pot. I'm telling you this. Giannis is phenomenal. Giannis is going to have a five-year head start on this guy. He's going to beat this guy up right now. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't have the physical strength right now to play against a Giannis. But let me tell you something that every big brother knows. He ain't going to be little brother for that, that much, too much longer. Yeah. And, 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 and when you're point, beating him up, he's learning. You know what I mean? Every time that you yes, beat, you beat him up. When you, when you hit him in his chest and dunk on him, he's going to just put that in his memory. Yeah. And at some point, this kid, Victor, he's is going to turn it. Yeah. Oh, yes. When Giannis when, is 33, 34. 25, 26. Yeah, I'm just telling you. Vets, I'm talking to all of the vets in the NBA. You better get this kid early. You better beat him up early. Because if he survives the onslaught of all of the people trying to bully him because physically he doesn't have the you know strength just yet. If he gets for, through these first two, three years with confidence, it's over, ladies and gentlemen. Because right now, Victor Wimpenyama is a top 10 player in the NBA right now. Well, and he's I, not even in the NBA. He I'll is. The, I'll say this. If I'm Milwaukee, I'm signing Bull Bull this offseason. I'm bringing Bull Bull in to get ready for Victor. You better do something. You better just <laughs> beat him. I, I, what if Victor you. gets drafted by the Lakers? <laughs> well, Lakers. if he gets drafted by the Lakers, I would hope that the Lakers would build a team around Victor. That's what I hope they would do. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I'm being serious. If they do get him, which would be the 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 hype machine would be it would it would be too much hype. Okay, if he went to New York or LA, I don't think the NBA we would just call it the LA Lakers. The yeah, LA Lakers, in, the LA Lakers in twenty nine. That's what they would call the league. They would have to rename it because it would just be the Lakers and what they're doing and everyone else. Because I'm telling you guys. I went to go see this kid, Victor, with my own eyes. 
And I've never been so impressed with a player and the possibilities of what you could do. This kid can do it all. I know we say that, but I'm telling you, he can really do everything. He can shoot. He can block shots. He can rebound. He can pass. He can defend. He can come down off a down screen. I saw a seven foot four guy do step backs. <laughs> I saw a guy like he's got big hands. He's got a soft touch. He he shoots the ball with like, like, you know how Dirk would shoot it high in the air and it has the proper arc on it. He's seven four shooting the ball with proper arc. It goes above the, 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 the top of the, I mean, it, it's so high. You're like, the guy shoots with range. He's an athlete. I've never seen a player like this. And guys, we should just start the Victor watch now. Because yeah. I'm telling you, I, I I I am a fan of his. Like I've never, I'm so excited to see what this young man is going to do in the NBA. Just to say, because I didn't get a chance to see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Wilt Chamberlain. But I want to say, hey, guys, we saw Victor. Mm. And I saw him before he got to the NBA. And I want to be able to tell that story. Okay? Midas, you are a producer, the great. You're the great. We need to start producing film and a movie of this guy now. Because I'm (laughs) telling you, there's a story here. I don't know how good this guy could be. He, 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 He should be. He should be. He should be the best player to ever play in the NBA. He should be. He should be put it like this. He should be talked about in that way, in that regard. Mm. Whether or not he becomes it, obviously. That's a whole different story, but yeah. Yeah. But he should be talked about as this is one of the greatest players to ever play. That's how good he is. And, and, and I'm going to say this now. I think the guy wins a championship in his first five years. Mm. I, I I think he wins a championship. He's that like Rudy Gobert is like whatever two three time defensive player of the year, right? But let me tell you something. He's taller than Rudy Gobert. He's more athletic than Rudy Gobert. He's a better shot blocker than Rudy Gobert. He's more reactive than Rudy Gobert. He's a better athlete than Rudy Gobert. He's got a better feel for the game than Rudy Gobert. It, it, it's not even close. And Rudy Gobert is the defensive player. Rudy Gobert is the defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Consecutively, yep. This guy, I watched a guy score 37 points, and then I'm going to stop talking about him because people are going to think I'm, you know, I'm getting paid to say this. I watched a guy score 37 points, and they didn't even run the offense through him. Mm-hmm. He was just like the secondary guy. He didn't even do this like they weren't like feeding him in the post and saying let's play through him. The guy was just doing this like in the flow of a game. Oh, he's a role player right now on that team. Yeah, he, he just does this. He's the franchise player. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're like, he's scoring 35, 36, 37 points. And he's just playing in the game. He's just it's like, yeah, yeah. He, he's not even like demanding the ball. He's not like they're force feeding him. He, they're not like coming out of like timeout saying we're going to go to Victor. They're not even running like, okay, let's look for him in the pick and pop or the pick and the roll. Or he's just casually going out playing whatever comes he takes it goes to the offensive glass gets out and transition a little bit you know ball swing swing and okay you're swinging to a seven four guy and why even rotate to the guy we he won't even see us six two guys rotating to him you know what i mean like it's just 
it was just so it was so awkward to watch it. You're like, what is going on here? Like, he's just so he's so like no one this at this age should be that good. He plays kind of like, you know, he's an athlete, but he's not moving fast. You know, he's like the game is real slow to him. You know what I mean? Like, take this is what blew me away. The guy's seven four, right? Seven four, every bit of seven four. I saw him shot fake, and I was like, "Why? You're seven four. So Tate, he understands. Like, he's got a skill set that you're like. He's jabbing. He's doing yeah, shot fakes at seven four. Fundamental. Tate, he knows no one can block his shot, but he's shot fake. So he's just messing around with the game right now. He's like just playing around in the matrix. Like, yeah, let me just see what a shot fake would do. And a guy jumped on a shot fake. He's 7-4. Why? That should be one game you should say, mm. I don't even have to jump. You can't block a shot anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just like, and you're like, he's got an understanding of the game that you're just like, no, this doesn't look right. It just doesn't look right that uh, he's 17, 18 years old with this level of talent yeah. and feel. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, until he gets here, I think it's Giannis's world. I think it's Giannis's world, and then when Victor comes, maybe we get three, four years, and then, uh, and then, it, then reality sets in, and maybe we uh, have uh, one uh, of the greatest matchups in the finals we've ever seen. Well, well uh, I'm gonna tell you what, I will be there because I'm telling you, I'm not gonna miss this. Okay, because Giannis and this kid Victor, this is a rivalry. Mm-hmm. This is a rivalry. Yeah. Okay, because he is the one player that's good enough athletically and tall enough to counter Giannis. To intimidate Giannis, maybe a little bit. Giannis got a shot fake against this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giannis just can't just go over the top of him. He just can't go around him. This guy is good enough, athletic enough to where Giannis has to add something else. Now, I don't know what great players always figure it out. I just want to be there to see it. Mm, me, too. me too. I just want to be there to see it. I, I, I mean, I'm excited just thinking about it because you, I can't wait to see when this guy, he'll do a 20, he'll do a 20, 20, and 10 block game easily. Think about what I just said. He'll do a 20, 20, and 10 block game. What's he, and he can do double figures and assists. Yeah, and a style easily getting trouble. Like not without without trying, he could do he could do this without even running him as the primary offensive player. 20, 20 rebounds, ten blocks, easy, and you know what, ten assists. He could do that easy. Like I just want to be there to see it. Like okay, maybe, maybe he starts the quadruple doubles. You know that that's the new wave of Victor If you play through him. I think he can average seven to 10 assists if you play through him. Mm. I think that probably will happen because you saw that. I mean, I wasn't there to see it live, but you saw the stats, how Wilt was able to master how to get assists from the post. Okay. One year, Wilt Chamberlain led the league in assists. This kid could do that. He could do that. He's, he's, he's that talented to do that. He could lead the league in assists as a center because he, he can just – he can pass. I mean, he can literally pass. Now, 
can he do that without having the strength to hold the post all the time? That that I can't say. But as he ages, probably in year eight, nine, ten, whatever he, you know, his that weight out. comes and the body feels out. Oh, without question. You play through him through the post and let guys run around, he'll he'll pick who's gonna what what, what are you gonna how are you gonna double team him? The only guy that probably can bother him now in the double team is Bobo. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else, he doesn't even see the double. If you and I come over to double team him, he won't even see us. Yeah, it's like PG T- PJ Tucker on his hip, basically. Yeah. PJ Tucker. That's the next biggest guy after Joel Embiid. He won't even see PJ Tucker if you double team. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't. Ben Simmons comes over at 6'10. He won't even see that. All right. All right, little fella. I see you. <laughs> All right, little fella. He's a real big guard. Yeah. Oh, man, man. Ladies and gentlemen, get your tickets ready now because the game will be different starting next year. Yeah. We will talk about the game different. We're going to cover the game different. We're going to look at the game. We need different stats because this guy has the ability to change everything that we know about the game. Yeah. Everything. Well, let's leave, let's leave it on that because uh, I think this is what NBA GMs are probably all talking about instead of the actual basketball in the NBA this year. They're just all sitting around talking about Victor changing. The game. <laughs> uh, you know that that that, uh, that leads us on a nice note. Uh, BJ, anything else before we get out of here? Winning water, my friend. <laughs> you got to make waves. This has been pushing through, and we will see you next week. 